Hello, everyone. I hope you are doing great. I hope you had a great weekend. I was not planning on recording anything this week. And, you know, life happens when you're making other plans, always. Um, I felt compelled to record today. I have nothing written, so I'm just going to be rambling. So I apologize if this is <laughs> hard to listen to because I'm not used to rambling. I'm very prepared most of the time and I have notes. Um, so today I'm just winging it. But on Friday night, um, my brother was attending a concert at the Apollo Theater in Belvedere, Illinois. And it was the same night that a tornado hit the Apollo Theater and damaged the building. Uh, the Apollo Theater is 100 years old. It's a really old building. Um, anyway, my brother was at the concert. Concert had... I think just started maybe a half an hour in and my brother was standing on a scaffolding uh, really, really high up. And there weren't a lot of people up there. It was just him and his friend. And he said that he just had this sudden urge to get off the scaffolding. He didn't know why, but he said to his friend, he's like, let's, let's get out of here. So him and his friend went downstairs and my brother went to the bathroom and while he was in the bathroom a tornado hit the building it landed on the roof collapsed the entire roof and the scaffolding that he was standing on fell to the ground with the roof and while my brother was in the bathroom he said he could feel the entire building shake he said he could hear sirens, it was loud, it was chaotic. He said it just felt like a war zone. So him and his buddy like ran out and noticed that there was um, there were bodies under the debris and people screaming for help. And my brother said to his friend, like, hey, we gotta go in there and help people. Well, his friend left him. His friend like ran out of the building. So my brother went back in and he was trying to pull people out of the debris. There were about 15 men who stayed behind. They were lifting up the wood, trying to move people, help people. Um, there was one man who died and he was 51 years old, and he was at the concert with his 14-year-old son. And my brother is the person who found his dead body, uh, took his pulse, realized there wasn't one. Um, so he said it was just really fucked up. Um, he said there were thousands of people at this concert, and he could not believe the amount of people that ran away in fear. He said there was like nobody helping. And, you know, he found these two teenagers and one of them had like shards of glass sticking out of their face and body. One of them had major spinal injury and was just on his back and couldn't move. So my brother was sitting with these kids saying, you know, you're going to be okay. You're going to get out of this. The stretchers are on their way. 
He was running to the other side of the room, you know, pulling women out of this debris. He said it was total chaos. And he also said that, you know, while he was with these other, you know, 14 men, he felt this crazy sense of unity and compassion and love. And it was a feeling that he really hasn't had in a long time. Um, my brother has been really struggling lately. Um, I know he's been a little depressed. He's been feeling lost and he's in a job that he doesn't necessarily love right now. Um, and what's really crazy is that about six months ago, uh, my brother's apartment literally burned down to the ground um, from some crazy person. It was arson. And my brother was sleeping. And he woke up just in time, just in time to get out of the building before it burned to the ground. And if it would have been 10 more seconds, he would have been gone. And so after the fire and after this tornado incident, you know, he told me, he's like, I have some really bad karma. You know, I have some really bad energy that's following me and that's taunting me and something wants me dead. And when I talked to him yesterday, I said, no, I'm like, you have good karma and you have very good luck because your life was spared. Like, this is a message from God that you are not meant to die and that you are meant to be here and you are meant to help people. And I told him that he was an angel and that he was, you know, meant to help those people. And, you know, my brother has always considered himself an atheist. He hates religion. He, especially organized religion, he, he's just not into the idea of angels um, or, you know, destiny. He's doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in anything. He just literally doesn't believe in anything. He's, him and I could not be more different um, spiritually and that's fine. But, you know, after I was talking to him and telling him, you know, this happened for a reason. And I believe that this was God telling him that he needs to find his purpose and that he needs to get his shit together. And after talking to him for a while, he kind of came around and said, you know, I think you're onto something because what are the odds? And what's really interesting is my brother, you know, wanted to be an EMT after high school and he ended up not doing it and he ended up, you know, getting into other lines of work. But I used to tell him all the time, like, I believe this is your purpose. Like, this is your, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You're meant to help people. You know, he's super calm and collected in chaotic situations. And 
being an EMT, you know, being a paramedic is not the job for just anybody. Um, I believe that this is his true calling. And he told me that he's going to pursue it. And he said, I'm tired of feeling stuck. I'm tired of feeling lost. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of, you know, doing what I'm doing. I got to get my shit together. And I told him that he has to do it. And I told him about the triangle test. Now, this is something that I have used and believe it to be very powerful tool if you are trying to get your life back on track or just trying to figure out what you are meant to be doing. Um, the triangle test is comprised of basically three things. You know, when you're trying to find your way, you have to think about three things. You have to think about your heart, your mind, and your will. And by doing that, you can ask yourself these three things. And the first one is, does this idea make your heart happy? Does this idea make you feel more love towards yourself and others? Okay. And then the second thing is related to your mind. You know, does it make good sense for you to make this change? Is it the, t is the timing right? Does it make logical sense to change this? And then the third one is about your will. And it's, are you willing to do the necessary work to achieve this goal? Those three things, if those three things align, then that is the path to success. That is the path to happiness. And when I was talking to my brother, he expressed how fulfilled he felt helping those people and the unity and the compassion and just all the support going on. I mean, that's what life is about. Like that is what gives our life meaning is when we are doing things for other people, when we are serving others. And I think this really ties into the idea of, you know, guardian angels and the celestial beings that I truly believe are there and with us at all times. Now, what's really interesting is that if you go back and read the Bible, the book of Enoch, and a lot of ancient texts, they all talk about angels or the watchers. Now, there are allegedly, according to ancient scripts, seven celestial halls, which are basically heaven. So that's where we get the term seventh heaven, because there are seven heavens, okay? And there are 64 angel wardens of the seven heavens, and they all have different names. And a lot of these angels are the governing angels of the months of the year and the 12 signs of the zodiac. There are also angels that govern the seven planets, days of the week, and even the minutes and the hours. It's also interesting to note that there are 76 
different names for Metatron. So if you hear somebody, you know, say, oh, I talked to Metatron or I communicated with Metatron, they could have been communicating with one of the 76 entities that claims to be Metatron. Now, this was from a published Hebrew text that came from 1865 and was edited by a man named I am, I am Epstein. Not even joking. I am Epstein. And in the book of Enoch, it talks about Metatron having over a hundred additional names. And you also might be familiar with the great archons. Now, the archons, which are otherwise known as rulers, are identified and equated with the eons. Gershom Sholem's definition of an archon is simply a great angel. It is a great archon that is named Shem, or the mediator between the prayers of Israel and the princes of the seventh heaven. Now, it's also been written that our ancestors, or our soul groups, are our guardian angels that reside on the moon, and there are actually 28 angels ruling the moon, and they call them the 28 mansions of the moon. And then we have what's known as the Watchers. Now, according to the Book of Jubilees, the Watchers are the sons of God, which is mentioned in Genesis 6, who were sent from heaven to instruct the children of men. And these watchers fell after they descended to earth and cohabitated with the daughters of men, for which act they were condemned, for which it was reported. And that is when they became fallen angels. But something that people failed to point out is that not all watchers descended, and some of them remained holy. And these watchers reside in the fifth heaven. And the evil watchers dwell in the third heaven or in hell. And it's the book of Revelations and Enoch that talks about the fallen angels or the rebel hosts. And one of them is Satan. And according to uh, Freemasons, you know, there are seven angels that some Freemasons work with. And these seven angels have seals. And the seals of the seven angels rule over 196 provinces of heaven. Now, this information comes from the collection of ancient magical books reproduced in the works of a man by the name of Cornelius Agrippa. And he also writes about the magic circles and invoking Solomon. Now, these seals are interesting. Um... The seals of these seven angels are all alchemists, and Freemasons like to believe that they are also alchemists. Now, you would have to be a fool to believe that magic does not exist. There is white magic and there is black magic, and it is being used all the time all around us. Now, I want to read a little excerpt from this book and the book is called The Dictionary of Angels, and it reads, It is well to bear in mind that all angels, whatever their state of grace, 
no matter how Christologically corrupt and defiant they are. They are under God, even when, to all intents and purposes, they are performing under the direct orders of the devil. Evil itself is an instrument of the Creator, who uses evil for his own divine. At least, such may be gathered from Isaiah 45.7. It is also church doctrine, as it is the doctrine that angels, like human beings, were created with free will, but that they have surrendered their free will the moment they were formed. At that moment, we are told that we were given and had to make the choice between turning away from God or towards God. Those angels that turned toward God gained the beatific vision and became fixed eternally in good, and those that turned away from God became fixed eternally in evil. These latter are the demons. They are not the fallen angels. This is an entirely different breed, which hatched out subsequently on Satan's defection. Man, however, continues to enjoy free will. Man can still choose between good and evil. This may or may not work out to his advantage. More often than not, it has proved his undoing. The best that man can hope for, apparently, is that when he is weighed in the balance, he is not found wanting. For every 6,666 devil, there are 6,666 angels. But demons are winged horses of another color. Unlike the angels, these apes of God are capable of reproducing their own kind. They multiply like flies. So today there must be a truly staggering horde of devils and evil people. The problem of population explosion here is clearly something to worry about. Always remember, all angels are not eternal. Only God is eternal. You must understand that miracles, magic, heavenly visitations, and overshadowings are often ascribed to be nothing. They are something. They are your angels. So, anyway, I believe that we all have guardian angels around us at all times. Um, I definitely feel there have been times in my life where I was protected. Um, when I think about what's been going on with my brother, um, he's had like nine lives. Um, and I know that he is also being protected for a higher purpose. And I really hope and pray that he can get on track and get this EMT thing going because I do really think that it would serve him and make him a much happier person. When I was in my mid-20s, um, I went through a really rough period. There was a period, I would say, like, I was probably like 25, and I was single. I was in between jobs. Um, I was just not in the best place. I don't know why 25 was a hard year for me. And I took my problems to a psychic. And I will never forget 
um, one of the questions that I asked the psychic, because you could ask three questions, and one of my questions to this psychic was, do I have a guardian angel? And I will never forget what the psychic said. The psychic said, yes, you have a guardian angel. She's with you all the time, and she's really pissed off at you all the time. And she like put her arms in the air like she was going to strangle my neck. Like got really close to my neck. She didn't touch me, but she said, she's like, I see your guardian angel just like wringing your neck over and over and over again. She has not let go of your neck. She's in fact doing it right now. And I was like, well, yeah, I probably could have told you that myself because that's how I feel about myself. And another a weird thing the psychic told me is that my guardian angel is one of my ancestors. And whether that is true or not, I have always, you know, enjoyed exploring the thought of ancestors and soul groups. And I believe that soul groups are a collection of people who you share personal and universal soul level goals. So I believe that we do choose our soul groups you know, before this life to promote soul level awareness. Um, I don't just think any of this is by chance or happenstance and, you know, is happening for no reason. Um, I do believe in a certain type of destiny. I do believe that there is a destination to get to at the end of all of this. Um, I don't know what that looks like or where that is or how long it takes, but I do believe that is the evolution of the soul. There was one time I was doing a meditation and I asked the Akashic Records to give me information about cutting cords with certain people in my soul group because I have had, I've had moments in my current life um, with certain family members that were just so horrifically awful. Um, I prayed that I would never come back to another life with them. I just wanted them gone. I wanted no reoccurrence. I, I was like, if this is like a karmic cycle, please end it. If this is a life lesson, I want to learn it and, and move on and be done and get this person out of my life. Um, had a lot of moments like that in the past uh, with people in my family. And something interesting that I discovered was that there is no such thing as cutting cords. Um, when you understand that we are all one, we are all unified, um, no amount of imaginary cord cutting will ever sever the ties we have with one another. But we have this incredible opportunity to learn how to love and respect ourselves. That is what it's all about. You know, even when we are related to people that we do not understand, when we are related to people who don't appreciate us or understand us, these traumas are God's way of waking us up. Just like with my brother, I told him the same thing. I said, God will find ways to wake you up in the most fucked up ways. 
And trust me, I've had some really fucked up moments with family that I just couldn't even believe were happening. What I did find out also is that uh, people who get divorced, like if you have to get divorced, um, that is one way of physically cutting the cord. And that is one way of ending that soul contract in this current life. Like you can't just cut the cord energetically. So it has to take some sort of physical representation. So perhaps you lived, you know, certain lives with this person and you married them. And in this life you got divorced. You literally just couldn't do it anymore. Like you you said to yourself, I can't go through another life cycle with this psycho or whoever. And that is one way it ends. I know the Catholics aren't going to like to hear that. I do not like divorce. Um, I'm all about if you can make your marriage work, especially if you have kids, try your best. But I do understand there are some circumstances where there is no choice and you just have to fucking go. I totally get that. But the goal is if you do get divorced and you still cannot find love or respect for yourself, the choices that you made in earlier lives are going to unleash and come back to you in another life. And this divorce will become anchored in more despair. So if you've gone through a divorce and you have come out on the other side, you have done everything you've needed to do in this life to sever the ties with that person and their family. And now the goal is to find your inner peace. I also wanted to talk about uh, the different types of soul groups. Now, the first soul group is just called Source. You know, everything in the universe is a part of this source energy, which is God, you know, which makes us all connected. And although we are connected to everything in the universe, um, all of our souls choose earth as the perfect place to materialize. And so we are all responsible for life on planet earth. You know, every action, every word, every thought creates a chain reaction in the cosmos and it affects everyone. So what we say and think is so important and it shapes the world that we live in. Now, the second group is soul community. Um, a soul community are groups of souls that share similar life lessons and themes in your life. Um, it could be relatives, friends, coworkers, uh, people who have inspired you or have the same mission as you. So your soul community can also include um, very significant encounters like a stranger that helps you when you're having a bad day or that teacher that left a lasting impression on you growing up or a really great boss. Um, you know, somebody who touched your life in a significant way. Um, something that had a huge impact on you that shares the same philosophies as you do. Now, the third soul group is the soul family. Now, this is most likely your immediate family members that you have chosen to incarnate here with, you know, in this life. Um, 
if you have been adopted, it's the same thing. This all has purpose. This all has meaning for your soul. Um, you have chosen people to be in your life that are like and similar to you in some ways that are going to force you to grow in ways you never thought possible. Um, most of the time you can have a very close bond. Um, this is all about lessons and growing. Now the fourth group, uh, the fourth soul group are soulmates. Now when we meet people from this group, we often have a major spiritual awakening or just feel a deep spiritual connection in general. Um, this soulmate group can include family members, friends, lovers. Now, all of these people will leave a lasting impression on your life and will often leave you changed in some deep way at the deepest levels. These are the people that you have the strongest connections with. Um, these can also be people that you um, are challenged by and push you the most. And when you meet a soulmate for the first time, there is this familiar bond and you feel like you have known this person in more lives than just one. You know, some people say, well, I don't know if I've met my soulmate. If you have met a soulmate, you just know. You just know. These people are your biggest supporters and will love you forever. All right, now the fifth and last group I want to talk about is the twin flame. So when our soul comes to earth, not all of our energy enters into one physical body. Now, the rest of our energy can remain in higher realms or it can be transferred into another body. So when you have two bodies with the same soul energy, this is what they call the twin flame. Um, it's also possible to have more than one twin flame. Now, twin flames often find each other during their time on earth, uh, but the purpose of their connection is not just romantic, okay? Twin flames come together. It's usually for a higher cause, and it's usually regarding knowledge and wisdom. So the twin flame connections can be extremely intense, um, but underneath all of that intensity, there is a feeling that you are both brought together to serve a higher cause, to to do something together here on earth in this time. Now, the twin flame is different from the soulmate. Uh, the twin flame is a little more intense and it, it's a little deeper. It's um, that strange sense of recognition. Um, they say that people who are twin flames experience deja vu together um, there can be like an intense magnetic attraction to each other. Um, your strengths and weaknesses perfectly balance each other. Uh, you share the same values and dreams. Um, your twin knows you better than anyone else in the world. Um, you have a multifaceted connection together. Um, you experience synchronicities um, you are both driven towards a higher spiritual purpose. Um, 
you know, things like that. Like the sense of time doesn't exist when you guys are together. And you also learn the values of empathy, compassion, and forgiveness. Meaning like no matter how many times you fight or ghost each other, or you may not talk, um, time will go by. You will always forgive each other. You will always come back to each other. That is a twin flame. And then, you know, on the flip side with the soulmate, um, your soulmate, you guys may be extremely different, like opposites, opposites attract, but there is a sense of balance. Um, being around this person gives you peace, you know, peace and comfort. Um, you know, the quote, it all is well with my soul. That is a soulmate. A soulmate will not bring you strife. Um, you also just know that you've met your match. Um, your values are in total alignment. Um, you have seen this person at their worst, not that they're taking it out on you like a twin flame would, but, um, maybe this person has been sick or, you know, you've seen them, you know, traveling together, you've seen, them lose a loved one or, you know, whatever, and you still love them anyway. Um, you care so deeply about each other that at times you can feel their pain. Um, if they're crying, you're crying. If they're laughing, you're laughing. Um, they also say there is a sense of electricity when you touch. Um, you might have like static electricity in between you. That is a real phenomenon and it does happen. Um, and of course, you know, nothing is perfect. Um, you guys might have rocky times, uh, but the rough patches always help you grow and you stay together. You always stay together, no matter what, no matter what cycles you are going through, no matter how hard life gets, you never break up. You never leave. Um, you also, when you've met your soulmate, you know, you feel like you can be vulnerable you let your guard down and you can be a hundred percent yourself when you are with this person. They are your best friend, your teammate, um, showing like the weird and twisted sides of yourself that you usually keep hidden around other people. Um, and then you also recognize that this person is in your life for a reason, um, to help you grow, to help you love yourself more and to help them love themselves more. So going back to my brother, you know, he considers himself an atheist. He did not believe in angels, um, never even considered angels to be a thought. But I do believe that if you are living, if you have the gift of life, you are here for a purpose. You know, we are all here for a purpose. So do not for one minute think that you are here for no reason. If you have moments of, you know, questioning, why am I here? You know, what is the purpose of my life? Always remember that the true key to happiness, I believe, is uh, through love and serving others, uh, being selfless and honest. And the quicker you can realize that, the sooner you will be on the path to true inner peace and happiness. And I just wanted to say that in regards to the tornadoes, um, 
I have lived in the Midwest my entire life, and I feel like in the last five years, um, storms have just been amplified. And ever since I heard David Walker uh, do his testimony under oath saying that the government controls and modifies the weather, Um, David Walker said this in 2014. He was questioned by Lisa Murkowski. Um, you can watch, you can watch this on YouTube. Um, he basically admits that HARP and DARPA have successfully, um, gained control over the ionosphere and the weather and that their mission was completed as of 2014. So knowing that they can send some sort of radiation wave into the atmosphere and wreak havoc, which they call counterterrorism. Um, every time there is some sort of disaster, I, my brain always goes back to HARP. Now, there is a way, if you are looking at a weather radar, um, you can tell if a tornado is modified by HARP. Um, if you're looking at the radar, there's usually a circular green or blue ring around the eye of the storm. And they call this the harp ring. Um, You can probably Google image pictures of it. Um, I tried looking for this um, for the Belvedere tornado. I did not find it. Maybe I missed it. Um, But for future reference, if you ever are looking at the weather radar, you can definitely tell if it was manufactured by harp. Also reminds me of the terrible derecho that the Midwest had in 2020. Um, The derecho took out my fence and I lost power for seven and a half days, which is the longest I've ever gone without power. It was crazy. And it was also during COVID, which made it even worse. Um, But anyway, as I'm recording this, uh, today is Monday, April 3rd. Now, tomorrow on April 4th, Um, They are calling for worse storms than we had on this past Friday and over the weekend. Now, the Midwest saw over 22 tornadoes. There were over 100 people that died just over the weekend. So um, they're really amping up this weather stuff. Um, We're supposed to have more. So prayers to everybody tomorrow. Um, Stay safe. Stay vigilant. And that is all for me today. Thank you so much for listening to me rant. I hope you learned something and I will see you very soon.